Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks, and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show podcast, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. I'm Simon Hazeldean, and with me in the studio, as always, Mr. Graham Jones and Mr. Phil Jessen from the Sales Chat Show posse. This episode, we are talking about productivity for salespeople. We've all got the same number of hours in a day. Productivity is about getting the very best from those hours that you can. Now, we're going to go to Mr. Jones first, who as our resident internet psychology expert is no doubt going to tell us how important technology is to productivity. I'm going to tell you it's so important that you need to set it aside. You need to forget technology. I beg your pardon? (laughs) Forget technology? (laughs) Have you you lost your marbles? No, I've not lost my marbles, yeah. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was going to make a joke then, but I won't. <laughs> yeah. But um, the the fact is, uh, Professor Robert Solo in the 1970s was an economics professor, and he came up with a thing called the Solo Paradox, and uh, he won the Nobel Prize uh, for economics for this. And uh, the Solo Paradox shows us that as businesses invest in more technology, their productivity goes down. So the very in technology that they've invested in to make their business more successful and more productive actually works against them. And so what happens is the more technology you get, the more you have to run around this hamster wheel faster and faster in order to stay still, basically. The problem with productivity overall is that productivity is either static or falling. So that in some sectors, productivity has increased, but generally around the world, productivity is falling. And if you look at the productivity statistics over the decades, that typically productivity goes up 20% every decade. Now, we've got the same level of productivity in the UK as we had in 2007. So 12 years on, we should be more than, we should be about 25% above where we are if we'd followed the trend line for the last, you know, 100 years. And we haven't. So the, the one of the reasons for that is the internet. And the internet is actually making us less productive. Uh, It's not just me saying that. The Bank of England says that. The Bank of England blames specifically the internet use on the mobile phone as being the biggest hit on our productivity. So we we could potentially, if what you're saying is is correct and the research appears to back it up, that the very things that we're hoping will make us more productive are making us less productive. So So we're standing still or going backwards? We're standing still, in many cases, going backwards. So if you you take um, email as an example, so many salespeople will be using email every day. You'll be sending or receiving hundreds of emails. Typically, most people are receiving about 280 emails every day as a typical average at the moment. And it's going up by about 18% a year. So that we're getting more and more emails that means we've got more and more time being spent on emails. And if you think about it, emails are a great way 
of replacing instant communication. You can send somebody an email and then somebody on the other side of the world can receive it you know, moments later. Whereas in the past, if you'd sent them a letter, it might take them three weeks to get it in Australia. So it has enabled the speeding up of communication. Yes. yes. So you can see that businesses benefit and salespeople benefit as a result of the speeding up of communication. The problem is we haven't changed our behavior. So we're still doing the same things we did as we did with letters but we've just replaced it with electronics. So what we have to do, what the solo paradox shows us, is that if we change the way we do things, not just the technology we use to do the same old things, then things do work. So one of the crucial things for salespeople is to think about the way they use the technology, not just using the technology to do the same old things. That's interesting. Okay, so, so for example, a business brings in a CRM system for the assessment but unless you change the way you monitor measure report etc you end up just having the crm on top of all the other old yeah. stuff is it something like that yeah so or? i speak to salespeople or anybody in business and they say oh we've had this new crm system put in and you know i spend half my day just filling in the the forms online and filling in the data just to collect data um, that goes into the system and I don't know why we do it and it's a waste of my time. And that's what, what people, a lot of people say about CRM. But that's because all they're doing is doing their same job and put CRM on top of their job. If you're going to use CRM or you use any software, what you're going to have to do is change your job, change what you do to match what the software is trying to give you in terms of the productivity benefit it can give you. So you mentioned phones specifically, smartphones, people using um, mobile yeah. internet on, on, on smartphones as a specific specific issue. What, what's the research, what's the data on so that? So one of the things we know is that almost all email is looked at on a mobile phone. Yeah. So most people, particularly salespeople who are out and about, will be checking their email on the mobile phone. What we also know is that most mobile, most email messages are opened an average of 17 times. Now, if you think about it, a letter, you wouldn't have opened a letter 17 times. You'd have had the letter once, you'd have read it, you'd have dealt with it once. Emails, the average time we open it is 17 times. And what we're discovering is that what happens is people open the email and then they look at it on their mobile phone and they've spent maybe five minutes looking at that email and thinking about it, but they don't reply it on their mobile phone. They go back to the office or they use their laptop later on. So they've already opened the email twice. So that's taken them twice as much time to deal with one item than it would do if they just did it once. So the, the, the trick is to not do emails on your mobile phone. Switch it off. Just do emails back in the office. Single handle it, basically. Yep. De deal with it. The first deal with it once. So 17, the average email is average open e 17, 17 times. times. One seven. That's, yep. that's phenomenal. Because people keep going back to it. They keep going back and back. And they, they, they will see an email and they think, oh, did I respond to that? Because they haven't got a system that tells them they yeah. responded to that. In the olden days, yeah, those of us who can, you know, I'm old enough to remember the olden days. I know that you're not and Phil's certainly not uh, old enough to remember the olden days because he can remember the very olden days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but when, when you can remember the older days, you knew you'd replied because that stuck to the front of the letter was a carbon copy of the letter you responded to. So that was a visual signal you'd replied to that. Yes. Actually, with emails, there's no visual signal you've replied. So what you have to do is search. You're wasting time. 
And so you need a system. So rather than having an email and you think, did I respond to that? So you open it up again. You then look in your sent items to see if you've sent it. You're wasting time. What you need is a visual system that says, I've dealt with that email. So that's about how do we use email and how do we use other systems that connect to email to make sure that we're not wasting our time because we didn't waste that time when we just had paper. So, so an action for people listening in, therefore, is to make sure they're leveraging the upside of technology and not getting sucked into Quite. the downside of, of technology. Yeah. I think one of the downsides to it, and we're all affected by it, is we can be very reactive yes. to the incoming email or whatever it might be, text message. But if you think back to uh, the days of old, and uh, Graham's quite right, I can remember those days of old, uh, the guideline, of course, was uh, come out of house in the morning, knowing whether we're turning left or right at the end of the road, yeah. knowing what the objectives were for the next two to three calls, and uh, probably in days of old, you go nowhere near any reactive distraction until you got into the office later that afternoon. But today particularly if you switch the phone mm. on first thing, it's already, whilst you're having your cornflakes, it's already reprogramming your day. It's an interesting to reflect back on on how probably how more productive salespeople were when they just had to phone into the office once a day to pick up their messages. We very kind of interesting, and we're not we're not being luddites or stuck in the past. We're just saying okay, maybe not all the technology is helping you as as much. But your your point as well about knowing whether you're going to turn left and right is is the old adage that lots of people in the military know, you know, prior preparation and planning prevents particularly poor performance, and there is a, another more more uh, rude version that, that does the rounds. But I think, I think a key characteristic of high performers in any field is high levels of personal planning and organisation. You know, you've, you, you've only got so many hours in the day. You need to be properly planned and prepared in advance so that you are minimising any messing around, looking for things, finding things. A, certainly a, a great book, David Allen, Getting Things Done, a good book on for me on personal productivity, a habit I adopted, suggested by David Allen in the book, is the weekly review, where you sit down and review what you've done, but also plan your next week in advance of it starting. It's a great thing to do on a Friday if, if you work Monday to Friday because you, your head's a little bit clear for the weekend, but it means you hit the ground running on Monday. You mm. know where you're going. You've got the addresses, You've got the information you need. You've got the materials you need for those visits all planned and prepared in your car or in your bag or with you. Yep. Just be as planned and prepared as possible to minimise how much time we all can spend sometimes mm. rushing around trying to trying to find things. And I think your point about proactivity versus reactivity, I think, is yeah, critically I, important. I worked once with a company where the chief executive very sensibly said there'll be no meetings in this building before 11 o'clock. And what he was really getting at is that he wanted people to come in to work and get on with their work before they started helping somebody else. And he applied that 11 o'clock rule, incidentally, to the field sales force. He wanted them to go out and do what they planned to do and not switch on any technology at all until after 11 o'clock. Interesting. Interesting. And you had, uh, we were just chatting um, before we came on air to record this episode, um, about you saw a noticeable improvement in productivity with an organisation where they yes, to, made a change to... Two organisations yes. that I've, I've worked with in my career where, for a number of reasons, the sales force was made uh, redundant, company restructured, and on the Monday they were back on, but as self-employed agents in one case, self-employed distributors 
in another. Uh, the job itself hadn't fundamentally changed, but interestingly, in both cases, the mileage that the guys and girls did dropped by half. And the qualification on the telephone was much, much tighter and better. Rather than just setting off 80 miles for a call, they were making phone calls, saying, I'm coming to talk to you about A, B, and C. Is there anything you'd like to add? Where do you think we are now on the probability? Not looking too good. Well, should we be meeting then in August, maybe not July? I think that's probably a better thing to do. All right, okay, well, let's... So they were qualifying whether or not it was worth going to make that call. And uh, as, as a result, their, their, their mileage and what have you came down. I mean, a, a key action is please go and listen, saleschatshow.com. Go and listen to our episode on how to qualify opportunities properly. Um, very good book, Let's Get Real or Let's Not Play. Mahan Kausa and Randy Illig quotes research from the US that 65% of salespeople are busy chasing poorly qualified opportunities, which means they're opportunities that you have a lower chance of winning. They're very interesting. When these folks have become self-employed in film, story when it's their money they're spending on fuel their money on gas their time they only make money if they're going to make the sale they start to qualify opportunities more carefully so adopt the mindset of being self-employed even if you have a job i think all three of us have had our own businesses for some time and certainly personally I only get paid if I'm standing on a stage speaking or running a training course or a seminar. Um, so I fi focus on selling and doing that. And it's really interesting when it's your own time and money on the line, how much more efficient and effective you get. So if you're a sales manager or a sales director, then maybe it's a good idea to stop paying expenses. Oh, there's a controversial thought. And then you see <laughs> people are spending their own money. Yes, that's yeah, and it, it, it will change their productivity because they will only go to those calls that are qualified, that yeah. are really important. They will only do the things that are going to cost them the minimum amount of money because it's their own money they're spending. It means that they become much more productive. Yeah. Mm. And as well, um, if you are field-based, not telephone-based, but if you are field-based, you are calling on customers, just keep a good discipline focused on journey planning to make sure you're maximising the number of client engagements and minimising the miles or kilometres that you're travelling you're traveling in between because you don't sell anything when you're driving. So it's about really maximising time in front of customers, minimising time in getting to those customers. Make sure their appointments, make sure they're going to be there, make sure they know you're coming. All of that old-fashioned sales discipline I, that I still applies Just today. disagree with you that you're not selling when you're driving. Because there are some of our listeners who are car salesmen and car saleswomen <laughs> that who is true, will be yes. selling while they're driving. And you are the exceptions to the exceptions to the rule. So he's, so, he's very sharp today, isn't he? He's, 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 he's been doing a, that all day. As a razor, mm. as a razor. Uh, another, thing I, as a another thing I would say about uh, this issue of productivity is that, as we know, a very successful sales month can be quite stressful because you've got all that work to process now. Um, but also, of course, a very unsuccessful month can be more stressful because you haven't brought the sales in. Either way, it's sometimes quite difficult to see the wood from the trees on this issue of productivity. But I think the good thing about it is that we do not work in a rocket science business. This is where Graham reminds us that some people do. Um, but... <laughs> 
it's not rocket science. And at the end of the day, our salesperson, us included, have only got three levers they can pull. There's a quantity lever, there's a quality lever, and there's a direction lever, meaning product direction or market direction, typically. So if we are trying to improve productivity, if our listeners are trying to improve productivity, they wouldn't be wrong to say, well, I'll just go for one improvement on quantity, one improvement on quality, one improvement on direction. And the chances are a high amount of focus around that low number of key issues is going to help them see the wood from the trees. And I think it's also, you know, um, yes, be planned and stick to your plan. But if your plan's proven to be inefficient, you have to change it. So that's the point of, you know, I remember as a sales manager going on a field visit with my lowest performing member of my team. And um, this gentleman was supposed to make eight calls and to see about 75% of decision makers in the retail outlets we were visiting. We'd had five calls and we'd seen absolutely nobody at all. Uh, So I, I was indulging in a spot of coaching in his car and I said, what's going on? And he said, well, this is going to sound really funny. He said, but this is not a good day to call in this town because it's market day and all the people in the shops are often in the market. The only question I could think of asking at that moment in time was, well, why are we calling here? There may have been an expletive in there as well. To his answer, we've always called here on a Tuesday. And and to be fair to him, his previous boss had told him never to deviate from his journey plan. Never deviate from an effective journey plan (laughs) is probably probably what I would... But comes on to the topic of of, of coaching... Mm. So I know it's something we all very passionately believe in at the Sales Chasco. Now we're hoping that salespeople are being coached by their sales managers to be as, as product productive as possible. But if not, self-coaching, Phil, you had a couple of questions you think we should be asking well, ourselves. Uh, my favourite question is not one of my own design, I have to say. I was given this one years ago, but I think it's a cracker. Uh, it's simply, if I could put the clocks back, what would I have done? differently and you can apply that on a daily basis you can apply that for an individual call or you can apply it over a month or three months uh, or whatever so i think that's a good way of analyzing stuff in the past then of course comes the so where do i need to make those changes uh, in the future and again rather like my earlier comment i would say go for a low number so if 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 with productivity in mind we could suggest to our listeners that, that at the end of each day this week or at the end of the week maybe they say if i could wind the clock back to the start of the day start of the week what would i do what would i have done differently to make myself more productive yeah asking that over two or three weeks you would probably start to find ways yeah. to be more productive and on the quantity issue for example um if if our salesperson has only made three calls that day because they've been stuck in the traffic that might raise some interesting questions yeah. about traffic flow and, ch- and just changing that point quality is more about conversion rates and the like so how can those conversion rates be improved and if we involve a technical person or the boss, might that improve the conversion yeah. probability and so on? And I mean, just little things in terms of traffic is certainly when I was a sales manager, I didn't really care what time people started their working day and finished their working day, providing the numbers were, were coming in. And I had some very successful people who were very early starters, but then would finish early mm. or were late mm. starters. And later. So there's absolutely no point when you're a salesperson in fighting the same traffic as everybody driving into the office for their nine to five. So, so work smart, either start very early or start a little bit later 
be more efficient. Yeah. You, know, you don't you don't sell very much when you're driving unless you're a car salesperson. Well, of one of the uh, <laughs> one of the most effective coaching models that we've talked about before is the Grow model, mm. courtesy of John Whitmore and his team many years ago. Uh, but I think it's a good one. Uh, the G is goal. Uh, what's the goal? The mm. R is reality. I where I'm where am I now? What's my current reality? Uh, the O is the options. What options have I got? And the W is a series of W questions. What do I need to do? Where is that? Blah, blah, blah. Who can help me? Uh, but to go back to, to, to Graham's comments about technology, you know, making good use of technology, like, you know, pre-programming your destinations in your GPS, so, yeah. you, you know, don't get lost and those sort of things. And But also, if you do get early to a call, fantastic, get there early, then you're in a really good state of mind to do it. But then you've got maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes to check emails, do little bits and pieces, make some proactive phone calls, work, work smart is the kind of thing. I think Brian Tracy on one of his programs, very famous American sort of success guru, you know, what's the best use of my time right now? And that, that I think, is always yeah. a great question the, to ask the, yourself. There's lots of interesting research on who's the most productive people and so on. One of the things that's being found now is that the less time you work, the more productive you become. So uh, the, there are many businesses now going to four-day weeks. Yes. And those businesses have become much more productive, giving people a three-day weekend. They're getting better results. Mm. Because it's one of the issues that salespeople will have is that they uh, will think of, I've got to be more productive. I've got to you know, program a sat-nav. I've got to do this. I've got to write emails. I've got to change my time for this. And they end up not doing anything because there's too many things to do. So to pick up on a point that Phil makes is that choose one productivity gain you can make and just deal with that. So if, yeah. what, if the productivity gain you want to make is only dealing with emails at one particular time of the day, just do that for a month and then make the next productivity gain, which will be, you know, programming your sat-nav or whatever mm. it is. And gradually things will become better. But if you'd say, I've got all these different things to do to be more productive, actually nothing will happen. Yeah, yeah. one step at a time. Yeah. One one productivity gain at a time. So maybe set yourself that challenge yeah. over the next six to 12 months. You'll probably be shocked at how much more productive you are in six months' time. Yeah. I worked for a very um, influential and inspirational sales director years ago, a guy called Derek and he used to have a lovely little one-liner. He used to say to me, uh, Phil, I want you to achieve 100% of your objectives in 80% of the time. And the Friday, as it were, um, I could have taken that as a day off. I could have taken that as a training course. I could have gone for a walk on the mountains with my dog, thinking about the future. He wasn't at all bothered. He no. just wanted <clears throat> me with a clear head for at least one day of the week because that was going to have a dramatic impact on the quantity, quality, direction of what I was doing. Just, just one little final thing there is that there's a, a very successful company who took a similar approach and that they insisted, in fact, it's part of the contract of the senior executives at this business, that one day out of the five days you're at work must be spent on something that has absolutely nothing to do with your job description. I don't know if you know who that company yes, is. They're, I can. they're called <laughs> Google, I think they're called. Oh, well, that's, they that's, seem to be doing all right. That clearly doesn't work then. <laughs> and of course, folks, make maximum use of any travelling and downtime by, for example, listening to the back catalogue of episodes from the sales chat show. Which I gather is extensive. It's ex over 100 and growing rapidly, saleschatshow.com or wherever you It's get. full of quantity, quality and direction. <laughs> 
podcast and or wherever you get your podcast from. So I think this is definitely now time to reduce the uh, the time spent of our listeners by terminating this episode immediately before we disappear off into the wilderness. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode on productivity, which has probably been relatively unproductive. Uh, no joke. Uh, look forward to seeing you on another episode of the SalesChatShow.com podcast. Been Simon Hazeldean, Phil Jess, and Graham Jones. Thank you, and good luck and good selling. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 